Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that highlights a wide range of challenges and triumphs that our military-connected kids experience. My name is Nikki Harrison, and I'll be your host today. We'd like to say thank you for the support of BAE Systems for this episode. I am so excited to have joining me today, Dr. Eric Flake and Sadie Flake. Uh, it's really exciting to have you two together. Uh, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and I'll start with you, Dr. Flake. Hi, thank you. I guess I, as I think about my identity, I identify with loving living in a free country and the freedoms that we have, and I've had the privilege of serving in the United States Air Force for 25 years and serving children and their families and helping the mission that way. And this past year, I retired, but continue to serve as an executive member of the Military Child Education Coalition uh, on their board. And so it's a privilege to continue to, to do that. I do identify also as a father and I have five children, and that's something I'm tremendously proud of, and then also my faith. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service, and hopefully retirement's been good to you so far. <laughs> no <Okay>. complaints. <laughs> good. Okay, Sadie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. I have four siblings. I am the fourth in the order of kids. I am in choir in school. I do cheer, I'm an equestrian rider, show jumping, horse riding. Yeah, I like to read in my free time. I love exploring the outdoors and backpacking and hiking and everything in that area I love. Exciting. And what grade are you going to be in? Oh, I'm going into junior year. Junior year. And if you haven't found out already, we have daughter and father together. I'd like to say that... <laughs> My nickname for Sadie is Sunshine, oh. and she definitely fits it because she brightens a room, and she is just so full of light. Thank you. I love that so much. So I know we're going to be talking a little bit about social skills development and how important that is in our youth and our adolescence. So could you tell us a little bit about the impacts that COVID-19 has had on social skills? Thank you. I think that we all develop through our experiences. And during COVID, this is an area that may not have been as opportunistic to develop as well as others due to social isolation, due to mixed messages about socialization and interacting. I am sure that many families became closer as they were under an umbrella or the same roof, but they weren't able to socialize sometimes with extended family or with friends, which is a critical developmental skill that happens throughout childhood and adolescence. And so this is something that's important for me to bring to attention because I think there's a deficit in it as a result of COVID. And when these happen, if we bring attention, then we'll intentionally work on some of those areas and recover. That's great. And Sadie, do you feel like your social skills have been impacted? Um, definitely. I feel as humans, we are constantly adapting and changing. And so when we went into COVID, we got used to having less social skills, and that is what we became accustomed to. And so once we came out of it, our social skills was definitely on a lower scale than it 
could have been if we just kept on having all that social interaction with people. Now, if I may, I, I would like to highlight that we did augment in some of our virtual social communications, which there is a whole technique and nuances about learning to talk through video platforms uh, or other virtual means or even talking on the phone uh, and or chatting or communicating. There are just so many ways to communicate now that uh, the intentional thought of how we're communicating and how we're utilizing the skills that we develop in, in person, but also through these other platforms, I, I, it, they need to be taught and not just assume that we're going to learn them. Absolutely. And I feel like the word for a couple of years was pivot. We pivoted into this virtual sphere of learning how to communicate. And so I think that came with some challenges, but came with uh, a lot of uh, triumphs as well. There's some great things about that. Why do you think social skill development is important, especially in our children? Uh, I think it's been a long research topic. And sometimes it's not appropriate to assume that everyone just naturally develops social skills by being thrown into a social situation. But it is a muscle that can be practiced and strengthened. And throughout childhood, as you're able to communicate your thoughts, your feelings, your intentions, and have an awareness of what is happening, then it minimizes anxiety. It, it helps you anticipate what's going to happen next. Your ability to read a room minimizes that and anticipates what is going to play out because you're, you're reading the script. Imagine ordering at a restaurant without a menu, and you don't know what's on the menu, yeah. and so you're just trying to guess what it, the, the chef is making. And that is sometimes when you have some social skills or some social steps that you're able to lean back on, like how to start a conversation, how to use humor, how to rely on different techniques to what is somebody saying from their nonverbal behavior or when they laugh, is it a good laugh or is it a bad laugh? And those type of interpretations can be learned for some, that doesn't come easily. Yeah, I definitely think that it makes me think actually about effective com communication and how important that is and how that's a skill set, right? That we don't all know how to effectively communicate. Even adults don't always, aren't always able to do that. So I, I was just curious, I know Sadie, you're a military connected child. And I was wondering if military connected children have been impacted disproportionately in their social skill development after the pandemic. What do you think about that? I would say definitely. I think that as military children, we're used to having to put ourselves out there and having to be uncomfortable with going outside the box, to be in a new area, to find new friends, to become situated in a new environment. And when it became our environment being one place, at the beginning was reassuring because it was like, wow, we don't have to go out. And even if you were moving, it was the home to another home in a different state, but you still weren't interacting with others as much outside. And you had 
the comfort of technology to help you interact. And so I definitely think it hindered the social skills that a lot of the military children have already gained by just interacting with new places because not that they got comfortable, but they were comfortable in one spot. And they were, if they would have moved and they were in a new spot and they got comfortable within their home, then once COVID lessened and they were able to go outside, then they were like, wait, I, I have to actually interact and do what I usually do when I first move here. But they didn't first move there. And so it throws off their pendulum. It throws off what they're used to. And that's a lot of what COVID did to us. <laughs> Yeah, it really did. And I think we were talking earlier and I was telling you how we PCSed at the height of COVID, June of 2020, to a new location. And so my oldest son didn't get to to finish eighth grade. All those things, the stepping up or the ceremony, all the closure that you get when you PCS with saying goodbye to friends and then started his whole freshman year online in a new state in a new place. And then in 10th grade, went back to school. But even though, like you said, we hadn't just moved there, we'd been there a year, but he didn't really have any friends. He didn't know anybody. And now it was really a challenge. It's like you're the new kid, but you're not really new because you've been there. So it was, I think you're right. I think that really did impact our military uh, connected children. Military moves continued to happen. And families coming from overseas we had quite a few of those that came to immediate stateside isolation and then were in a new home with a new time zone. There was quite a few challenges. I continue to be impressed with the resiliency that individuals like you highlighted your son and others are able to show. But I also think that we do a disservice if we don't talk about it and we don't recognize that this is not easy, that this has stretched us. This is, I get that there's COVID fatigue and for some of us, we just want to put it behind us and not recognize. But for some, we need to process and find closure and identify where those gaps are so that we can intentionally work on them and help us help them become more strengths. Yeah, absolutely. I know we talked about education was disrupted and disconnected for a couple of years. So for you, Sadie, what was it like going back to school after all of that? And what were maybe some of those challenges that you feel like you faced? When I went back to school, we start off with A and B schedules. Either someone had the beginning of the day or the afternoon of the day, and it was only three hours of school. And then we eventually got back into full school with masks to put in perspective what my school like situation was. After they made the announcement that virtual was over and that we were going to go back to school, we all expected it to just be normal, just to be how it was before we went into COVID. And what I was talking to you about previously was that I think now our normal is not the normal of the past. And that's because we are constantly changing. And so we will never get back to the normal we had before COVID, but we can have this new normal, this new way of living with all these new, all this new knowledge we have, but also all the different little scars we got from COVID, from either damaging a little bit of our social skills or not having friendships as well built. And I would say it 
it was difficult coming back and it not being normal and being like, wait, this is new. We're going to have to find a new way to, to live, to have school done. And then everyone was in masks. And it's like, how are you supposed to have social skills when you can only see their eyes? And you, you can read stuff from eyes, but not that much. You need the full facial. <laughs> and so you can't, there are times where I couldn't understand if they were upset or if they were happy. And I like had to actually inquire about it. And they're like, oh, sorry, you can't tell because of the mask. And it's, yeah, like we could not tell so much stuff. And it was a, not a blinder just physically, but it was almost like something to hide behind, like mentally too. Like people used it as, oh, I'm wearing this mask, I can hide. So then when we went back to full days of school and still wearing masks, it was just, it's difficult. It's hard to even hear people when they're talking. And so you're like trying to have social interactions. And it's, if you can't even understand them in the first place, how are you going to communicate if you can't understand them, you can't read their facial expressions. So every tool we had to have good social skills was blocked. It was hard to adapt to it, where it was almost like social skills couldn't be used because of the physical stuff we had that blocked it. And then once masks came off, I felt like it was the first day of school all over again. I feel like I was meeting people for the first time and that I had to completely reintroduce myself to others because I was like, wow, one, I didn't know you looked like that. So like I had to definitely be more accustomed to a full face instead of identifying them by their like, oh, they always wear like this certain mask with this designer or whatever. And so now I had to return on my facial recognition in my mind mm-hmm. and attach that to names instead of using the recognition of either their hair color or their like mask, like I was saying, or their backpack. That's the kid with the orange backpack whose name was Sarah or whatever. I had to then go back to their face, which is how it was before, but I wasn't used to that. And I feel like there was even more nerves on the day once masks were lifted than the actual first day of school when we all came in with masks. Yeah, I think so. That's so funny. I was just thinking when you were saying about relearning facial recognition when the masks came off, my son, my youngest son had just gone into braces when COVID happened. And then we moved and then there was all wearing masks a whole year and then they were still wearing masks. And I remember one of the kids said when the masks came off, they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had braces. No one had ever seen his mouth because they were wearing masks. So it was like, they were like, that's cool. I, I think you bring up physical changes, but for every one of those, just how many internal ones that have happened. We're talking about physical development. How much uh, emotional and internal development had been occurring during all of that time? As people come back, we have this external facial recognition, but there's also learning about how people have changed on the inside. And trying to catch up from some of those are very pertinent to, to this conversation. Yeah, I think that's a great point to make. So what are some of those social skills, because that's what we're talking about, that students really need to navigate some of life's challenges or just really to develop in general? So I would like to refer to our On the Move Absolutely. Uh, magazine that uh, we highlighted uh, the top 10 social skills for success. And I think there's some credibility behind this because they went out and asked thousands of teachers and thousands of students and 
decades of research to come up with these. And so they seem like pretty timeless principles that I'd like to highlight. And the, some of them include listening. We talked about needing to ask how somebody is feeling. I think that sometimes if you're unsure, you just need to ask. And that's a hard one to do because we're used to getting answers easily and it takes some work to ask a hard question sometimes. So there's different principles that, again, narrowing it down to 10, that, that are helpful to be able to maybe do a self-check and say, how am I doing with these? Because it is dynamic for adults and youth. You may have been doing these fantastic pre-COVID, but develop some habits or some not had to exercise these skills and some more than others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that On The Move is great because it's got some really great, the, those top 10, I think are really great to focus in on. So I know we're talking about social skill development and what we really think that students uh, should have to be successful. And as parents and educators and professionals, we place some significance on that development. But Sadie, I'd love to hear if you think that your peers, that your friends, the other kids around you, do they see the importance of social skill development? I find so much importance within these social skills to succeed in life and to truly thrive and to accomplish what you want. And I have known some people who, in my generation who have good social skills and find an importance to have these. But I also know a vast majority who do not have these social skills and do not find them in a, as important. And I think one reason they don't find it as important is because they don't really understand why they're so beneficial in the first place. And I wish, I so wish they did because I think lots of people have ambitions of affecting the world or changing the world in some way. They want to lay their mark. But honestly, the way to start to impact others is by developing your social skills. It's as simple as that. I know you want to make an impact and our generation can, but you need to start within yourself and you start with small things and those can be these 10 social skills. Yeah. And can you talk with our listeners about, because you said something earlier that I thought was really interesting uh, when we were talking about finding kids or, or friends on your level. You know how you were saying it's really hard because especially with the lack of social skill development uh, that's happened or, or maybe a, a decrease, <laughs> uh, finding kids that you feel like are on your level uh, developmentally and how that's been a challenge? I would say everyone is at different points of developing in their life, which is how humans work. But when it comes to the point of saying, hey, you're not on my level, it's taken as a negative way. It's taken as that I was being selfish and putting myself above. We're not really saying level like we're going like one, two, three, four. Like we're not yeah. going up. We're just saying there's different layers to it. And it's if I personally do not have the... I guess, same maturity and same social skills as you do, then it's much harder to interact. And the only one thing you learn from these social skills is that you really can only control yourself. And you use these social skills to help control yourself and to control a situation by knowing that you are under control yourself. 
couple of the social skills that you highlight in your top 10 in On the Move are listening and staying focused. And I personally believe that those are some of the most important skills. Do you have one that you feel like is the top social skill that you know, our kids should be developing. It's interesting you ask that because as people go and look at these top 10, they may say these overlap because they have to do with listening and staying focused or being able to ask or be a rule follower or follow the steps or taking turns when talking, being nice, being calm and being responsible. I think if I was to hit one, I think it is that being responsible. It's taking ownership for your development and not pushing that off on something else or someone else. It's saying, I am going to take action and be responsible. And I'm going to do a review of me and see where I can develop better in these specific areas. And I need to do that for myself. And so maybe that's where I feel like strongly that we should all be doing that for ourselves. <laughs> One of the things when knowing that I was going to talk about this topic, lady has lots of amazing friends and it's, they were all together and I asked them, I was like, what is the one of the missing pieces or what is the thing that they noticed the difference of from experiences before COVID and after? And they talked about respect. And I thought, Wow, this word respect could be respect for their teachers, respect for their parents, respect for themselves. And that's where I'm bringing that up is connecting that under that 10th one of being responsible. I like that. What do you think, Sadie? Um, Respect? I think my dad took a lot of the words out of my mind. Uh. (laughs) But I totally agree with him. I think it's already difficult or it's already impressive that they condensed all these social skills into 10 because there are so many out there. And then to condense it into even one specific one, and I would agree, it's being responsible, taking ownership, because you can't have someone else develop the social skills for you. It has to be done by yourself if you want the social skills, because no one else can do that for you. It's, it's you and your interactions and your way of affecting and communicating with the people around you. And I, I also thought that was pretty impressive when one of my friends made the comment about respect. And I was like... You're so right, and I think that's one thing we've definitely have seen dwindle after COVID is the respect is not there, really. Respect for your peers, respect for your teachers, your adult leaders, but also I feel like there's, there's fallen a respect for people in themselves, and if they don't have that respect for themselves, they're not going to be responsible for themselves. Be- I would like to make an honorable mention about the staying focus. I do think there's lots of distractions, and I think sometimes it's easy to divert responsibility because you get distracted in doing things that are not best for your development. They are a temporary fill, but they don't help for that long term. And listening is a critical communication skill, It's interesting how much we almost have to prepare for before we're prepared to listen. And some of that ends up being the respect, the responsibility, the focus, the being calm and available as a rule follower. So much about these social skills, people immediately think, oh, that's how they talk. Are they so fluid? But I, I want to draw attention that a lot of this is a mindset 
as well as some principles that have nothing to do with actual vocalization. I think that's a great point to make because I do think that we think of social skill development and maybe the more verbalization, like how we speak and things like that. And it's much more. So we're talking about the importance of the social skills. What are some tips and strategies to assist in development? Because sometimes parents, educators, whoever it is, where do we start? And I think it's great. Sadie, of you, you, you tell us, where should we start? I would say to start developing social skills is, one, it's important to understand how they can assist you and how they can help you because there's no reason to gain a skill if you don't know how it's going to affect you or the reason why you need the skill in the first place. Like I stated previously, I just think they're so important because that is how you truly affect the people around you in positive ways and for good. And that's how you eventually you lay your footprint on the world. There's this quote that I won't quote it correctly, but if you want to change the world, start by changing yourself, which changes your home, which changes the community, which changes the town, changes the city, the state, and which eventually changes the world. So it goes from you really have to focus on yourself. And that can be taken as me saying be selfish, but no, because by focusing on yourself and focusing on your social skills, you are focusing on you can help how you can help others and interact with others to make them feel connected and important in this world. And so I would say it's really important to understand why we need the social skills in the first place, which is why I explained that all. And then to take responsibility for it and truly want it for yourself. Because if you don't want it, then you're not going to have a passion and drive to get it. So find one or two to work on that for two to two weeks to a month to see how it affects your life. And if you feel like it has changed positively, then add on another one and just keep on having that same kind of process, adding on one until you're over here being like a social skill pro. I love that. And I think you did a good job with that quote. I think you got it pretty good. It was really good, but it really is important to that contribution piece, right? Of giving back, of making the world a better place for yourself, for others. And so I love that. I think that was really great. Thank you. So are there any specific resources for parents to help them teach their kids these skills? Because sometimes we're, we, don't, we don't know where to start, we, or maybe we don't have the access to the resources that we need to help. I want to say it for parents and educators and community advocates, there's, there are some really good resources. And I asked a grassroots organization, I was like, what social skills curriculum do you use? And they said, we use all of them, and which meant to me, like, we are just doing the best we can, and I want to say that intentional effort is meaningful. At the individual level, if anything you do, like Sadie highlighted, that is intentional towards improving yourself, especially in this area, you've got to congratulate yourself for it and then reassess, but often... When you are trying to improve something like your social skills, you're going to trip. 
You're going to stumble over your words. You're not going to say everything right. And if you end up after that experience beating yourself up and making it a negative experience, the likeliness of you trying again is going to be a lot less. So this idea that it it needs to be perfect every single time that words come out of your mouth, we have to get past that and be like, I'm doing good enough and I'm trying, and that effort every little bit makes a difference towards it. And anyone who is trying anything towards improving what they're doing socially is to be commended. But then to answer your question a little more specifically, there are some really good tools. And I'd like to highlight to words a couple. One is through, uh, again, through Vanderbilt University is the PEAK project, and that's Positive Engage Achieving Kids. And that is a curriculum that is helpful for, for parents and educators. Uh, again, it's available. Or, or then there's the PEERS, which is Program for Education and Enrichment of Relationship Skills. And PEERS is out of UCLA and has a lot of videos of good examples and not so good examples. And I guess I'll go back to one of those two is if you don't even want to go there, instead of looking at video YouTube shorts, go onto YouTube and say, improve social skills and watch a TED talk or watch a two minute blip about social skills and it'll change the way things. And it'll ultimately change the way you communicate and then you'll change the world. Like Sadie says. (laughs) To add on from uh, a teenager point of view, a child area, I would say those are all great resources. But I feel like sometimes there's this fixed mindset that COVID, it's like the poor children, the kids, they need help. And yeah, I'm not contradicting that. I'm not saying that that we don't. But I'm saying it didn't just affect us. It also affected adults. It affected everyone in the world. And so... I think from that point, that also means that adult social skills diminished too, and they dropped as well as the kids' social skills. So if adults worked on improving their social skills and displaying it for their kids, then it is a positive example for them to see and connect to, to then grow their social skills. Thank you. I'm concerned that if we don't bring attention to this, it'll be our post-COVID pandemic, and we'll have catch-up or a missed opportunity to recognize that we can improve the way that we communicate and our civility with one another. And I think as we do this, we'll see second and third order effects. As a developmental pediatrician, often parents will come to me with a child that has um, language delay this is a young two and three year old, and so has some pretty significant tantrums. They're frustrated, they're angry, they can't communicate. And if we focus on their communication and those skills improve for them, it's amazing how some of the behavior, some of the frustration, the anxiety, all of those other things have a way of just settling out. Yeah, I think you both made so many important points. I love how you talked about we're all just doing the best that we can. um, And that's important to acknowledge. I love how Sadie, you talked about modeling us as adults, modeling uh, our behaviors, that social skills so that our kids are seeing it, teens are seeing it, children are seeing it, uh, that we're all working on it together. And I love that when you know, we talk about second order and third order effects of 
getting to a point where we have really good social skill development, I think about kindness, us displaying more kindness for one another. I want to just thank both of you for joining me, Sadie, Dr. Flake. You're amazing. And uh, I've just so enjoyed chatting with both of you. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. I'd like to thank Dr. Flake and Sadie for their time today, as this has been an important conversation. And I'd like to give an extra thanks to Sadie for sharing her personal experiences with us. Thanks for listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and give today's show a five-star rating. And don't forget to leave us a comment on topics you'd like to hear more about. We'd like to give a special thanks again to BAE Systems for supporting this episode and Consentus Media for audio mixing. I'm Nikki Harrison, and until next time, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Be kind.